How's everybody doing? Good. Good. God's vision for his people. Uh, we're just going to take a nap this morning. We're gonna... I brought a hammock. Anybody want to listen to the sermon in the hammock? Go ahead. Uh, brought a hammock because uh, I think a lot of times we talk about Sabbath. I don't know about you, but we, we talk about Sabbath rest, and uh, we don't, we're not good at resting. We're not good at uh, taking a step back. We're not good at, uh, we, we don't even know what Sabbath is. We don't know what Sabbath means. We don't know what, uh, like, we, we picture a Sabbath is getting in a hammock and uh, falling asleep and, and doing nothing, right? Or a Sabbath is a day where I do nothing. Anybody ever thought that? Anybody ever, ever thought that? You, you thought Sabbath was a day where we did nothing? Uh, and, and all of you can, can attest to this, that, you, that we've all had days where we did nothing and felt worse afterward. Right? Where there's been times where we've done nothing and we've killed time and we've, uh, we've done nothing and afterward felt like, what was that all about? Uh, I, I, I want to talk about Sabbath rest this morning and, and, and just t- talk a little bit about what it is and what it isn't. Uh, what is God calling us to? What, what is this Sabbath thing thing all r- really all about? Uh, a few weeks ago we talked about uh, Steve kicked us off in, in uh, God's vision for his people in ten words. We're looking at, at the, the Ten Commandments. Uh, we're looking at, we're trying to look at it in a, in, a, in a positive light, not in a, here's all the rules and regulations and things to live by and things to do. And, uh, but, but really God's design for the Ten Commandments, God's design for the Ten Words were, I want you to live in, in abundance and blessing. I want you to live uh, connected to each other and connected to me. Right? That's this whole, the, the, we talked yesterday at the, the, the worship seminar, we talked about the, all of this comes out of relationship. It has to come out of relationship. If it's not coming out of relationship, it's just a bunch of do's and don'ts and a bunch of rules. Right? So, God's vision for his people, the, 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 the vision for his people, the Ten Commandments, has to come out of a place of relationship. Uh, I, I kind of started from scratch because I could not get that, thing to work for some reason. So, uh, it's on your bulletin cover. You can see it. Uh, Sabbath rest. What, what is it anyways? Do we really need it? Uh, Exodus 20. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and all the foreigners living among you. For on the six days the Lord made heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them, but on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. So again, I, I think there's a little bit of a... See... This, this command right here, there's more words spent on this one command than there is the, the final six combined. 
There's something of importance in Sabbath rest. There's something of importance. And actually, if you look at, uh, you, you look in Leviticus 23, 24, God gets very aggressive with his people about not resting and not celebrating and not doing what I've, you need to rest. I'm about to lose it on you people. You better rest. Right? And he said that the reason for this rest and the reason for walking in the Ten Commands is because you're showing the rest of the world who I am. You're showing the rest of the world what I'm like. You're showing the rest of the world what I'm really about. Uh, just start off with a story here. So, so last, last summer, we got to go uh, on, a, on a sabbatical, uh, which was super necessary and needed for us. It was, uh, it was super awesome. We went 12,000 miles uh, in, a, in a van. Uh, sounds like rest for... Most of us, doesn't it? Four kids, we're going to go rest. Yes, drive 12,000 miles. Uh, we, uh, and I remember it was one of our first stops. Um, one of our first stops. We, we had several, but I uh, went to 12 different national parks. It was, it was awesome. Uh, we, we get to this, this one, and we're driving in, and I, I see this crowd of people on the side of the road. Anybody ever been in the national parks and you see a bunch of crowd of people around the side of the road? Uh, there's always some kind of wildlife and everybody's, woo. And uh, we pull over on the side of the road and I'm like, oh, it's a beer. This is awesome. And I jump out of the, out of the van to go take some pictures. I'm like, this is so cool. Uh, I get back in and our daughter, Sage, is bawling. Because she's like, daddy's going to die. <laughs> I'm like, Trying to explain to her that there was other people closer, and right. <clears throat> pretty sure they were slower too. I just so this is actually the picture I took. One of the pictures I took. Uh, so it, this is this is how our day started. Sage crying uncontrollably. Daddy's gonna die. He's gonna get mauled by a bear. So then we, uh, we keep going. Uh, we, when we get to a spot, I don't know if you can see in, in this, there's a sign in our rear view mirror right there. It says, uh, four-wheel drive recommended. Uh, <laughs> who needs it? Uh, so we kept going, and uh, Cooper, our, our oldest, saw that sign and was like, we don't have four-wheel drive. What are we doing? Uh, and, and the place we were actually going was called Death Canyon. <laughs> So, so we're going Death Canyon, and he starts asking all these questions, like, why do they call it Death Canyon? Why is it death, 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 death? Uh, we're like, it's fine, it's fine. We're going to keep going, we're keep going, we keep going. Well, uh, we get out, <clears throat> uh, actually, in the, in, the, in the car, he starts getting worked up and gets Wesley worked up. He's like, we're going to die, ah! We've gone to Death Canyon to die. Uh. And all of a sudden, my kids are all worked up. And so it started with a bear, and then it was Death Canyon, and then it was like my kids are all worked up and all... Uh. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, our, our two-year-old at the time catches one word, and she starts going, die, 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 die. <laughs> This is awesome. This is Sabbath rest, right? 
And we started on a hike. We're, we're hiking. Uh, and we're, we're getting, it's, it's a mile and a half up, up, a, up a hill. And you can see my wife has the baby on her back. Uh, and about halfway up, she's like, I'm going to die. <gasps> Get the picture of death here. I'm going to die. <clears throat> so death was the, the word of the day. And then we get to the we get to the top, and uh, we got to see this beautiful. Uh, our kids. All of a sudden, we got to the top, and it was like, wow. And then we got to see this is on the way back down. Just see some beautiful, beautiful. This is the Grand Tetons. Got to see some beautiful stuff, and I, sometime. You want to hang out at our house sometime? I can show you thousands of pictures from our trip. Uh, <clears throat> but then from that point on, it went from like, we're going to die. Ah, ah. Our kids are going crazy. And from that point on, everywhere we went, all over the Uni- United States, everywhere we went, my kids kept saying, oh, it's like a Bob Ross painting. <laughs> You know Bob Ross? <laughs> so this was like... <clears throat> Sabbath, it's an invitation to die. It's an invitation to die to self. It's an invitation to die to something, to see something more beautiful. To see the beauty of God, to see the beauty of Jesus, to see the beauty of God's creation, to see something awesome. It's an invitation to die to yourself and live for somebody else. It's an invitation to die to yourself and serve someone else. It's an invitation to die to yourself and uh, your own agenda and your own ideas and thinking you're the center of the universe and thinking that we live in such a day and age in a culture that's so self-centered. And so focused on self, and so focused on, it's all about me, what makes me happy. I'm going to make all the decisions. We look back at Exodus here. He says in this, in this passage, he brings it back to the garden. He brings it back to God resting. Now, just just imagine for a moment, this, this is actually what, just sitting in a hammock all by yourself and falling asleep is it would be it would be nice, uh, but this is actually what Sabbath looks like for most of us. It's actually connecting with others. It's God's vision for His people. It's not an individual thing. For me, it's connecting with my family. Have you ever been in a hammock with four kids climbing all on top of you? It's not always the greatest, but it's an invitation to die to self, and I. Lo- it's an invitation to not be annoyed with my kids. I know you're never going to annoy with your kids. <laughs> they never interrupt you ever. They never are scared to die. Whatever. <clears throat> now, just think back to the garden. Then God said, sorry, it's so small. I should have broke it up, but 
And God said, let, there, let, let us make human beings that are in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals of the earth, the small animals and the, that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish of the, the sea, the birds of the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, look, I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I've given every green plant as food for, for all the wild animals, the birds of the sky, the, the small animals that scurry along the ground. Everything that has life. And that's what happened. And God looked over all he had made and saw that it was very good. And the evening passed and morning came, making the sixth day. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God, God finished his work in, of creation. So he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because this was the day that he rested from all his work of creation. It says God rested on the seventh day. Now, now just look in, in the account of he, he's, he's creating the heavens and the earth. He's creating the animals. He's creating uh, all this creating. He's creating the heavens. He's creating the expanse. He's creating everything we see. He creates man on the sixth day. Why did God rest? Did he need it? Did God need rest? Now I just think Adam and Eve are, are, are here. And he's like, here's how we're going to start our time together. By resting. Can you just imagine Adam, Adam like, here, I'm ready to work. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to, here we go. This is going to be awesome. And God says, no, I want you to rest. Why, why is their inaugural day in a place of rest? Why is their, their day? They're, they can finally do stuff. They can finally accomplish something. They can finally, here we go. We're going we're gonna to work the garden. We're going to do stuff. We're going to, all, all the things that told us to be fruitful and multiply and, and all this awesome stuff. And we're going we're gonna to do that. But God takes a step back and says, it's got to come out of a place of rest. All the other stuff has to come out of a place of rest. All the other stuff has to come out of a place of, you know what? I started this story a long time ago. You're not the center of it. You're not the center of the universe. Taking Sabbath is actually taking a step back to say, I'm not the center of this story. I'm not the, it's not all about me. It's taking, it's smashing that self-centeredness right in the face. Right? All right, so over in Mark... Mark chapter 2, uh, this is Jesus. Uh, it says, one Sabbath day, Jesus is walking through the grain fields. His disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? And Jesus said to them, haven't you ever read? Isn't it funny how Jesus 
uses scripture and something uses a question. Haven't you ever read? You ask that question to people who are experts in. Haven't you ever read the scriptures of what David did when he was his, his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God during the days when Abathar was the high priest and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests were allowed to eat. And he gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. So what he's saying here is Sabbath was meant for our good, our benefit. Our, it, it was it was made for us. We look at God and we look at, uh, I, I don't know about you, but the world looks at, at the God we serve and we're going to keep the Ten Commandments. We're going to keep the, keep the Ten Commandments because if we don't, God's ready to strike us down at any moment. We're going to keep the Ten Commandments because God's ready to give us cancer if we don't. We're going to keep the Ten Commandments because uh, it's all fear-based. That's the way the world thinks that we, the reason we keep the Ten Commandments and the reason we uh, walk in obedience and the reason we serve Jesus and the reason we do things is, is based out of fear. And some of you here have even been taught that. The reason you're serving the Lord is fear-based. Let me tell you, hell, heaven is not full of people that are scared of hell. Heaven is for people that are in love with Jesus. Heaven is for people that love God. Heaven is for people that are, are in love with him, not scared of hell. It's making sense? Now, did God need rest? No. The Sabbath was made for man. It was made for our benefit. God's not ready to strike us dead at any moment, any time we don't listen to his rules or if we don't stay in the structure. It has to come out of relationship. It has to come out of, you know what? I want what's best for my kids. And if my kids are going to live a life where they're flourishing and they're, and they're healthy and they're, and they're interacting with each other in a, in a good way and they're loving each other and they're, and they're expressing to the world who I am. If they're going to do that, these are the things they need to do. And if they're going to do that, if I got my, let my kids play in the backyard and I have no fence, go ahead, play in the alley. That's a real loving thing to do, isn't it? No, I put a fence up for their protection. I put a fence up because it's the loving thing to do. I put a fence up because, hey, you know what, kids are, hey, there's the, there's the line, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cross it, right? So the world's idea and some of your idea is we obey the law because dot, dot, dot. It's no because. It's because we love him. And we know even what Steve was saying about trusting about trusting. It's a year of increasing trust. In the same way God says, trust me with your finances, let me hold on to 10% and watch what I do. Watch what I do with that 90%. See if your, your needs are not met. Trust me. Trust me in this. The only time in scripture God says, test me in this and see if I'm not faithful. Trust him. In the same way, on the Sabbath, 
He's saying, give me, you go ahead and have the six days. Give me one. And watch what I do in those six days. Watch what I do with those six days. We get stuck in this mentality and mindset of, I've got to do more. I've got to accomplish more. I've got to get more money. I've got to do more stuff. I've got to, uh, we get stuck in this, in this, we need to take a step back for our own health and our own benefit and our own, the way we see the world and the way we see perspective and the way we see each other and the way we interact with each other and the way we interact with ourselves. We get in this place where we're the center of the universe. God wants to take a step back from that and say, God, you're big. I'm so happy and full of joy to be a part of your awesome plan and purpose. Now, I just looked up a couple of scriptures. Look, looked up a couple of scriptures. Psalm 119, David's talking about the law. And he says, I lay in bed at night meditating on your law. He says, the, the law of the Lord is like honey on my lips. The law of the Lord is, is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. Now that doesn't sound to me like doesn't sound to me like astringent uh, uh, rules and regulations. And if it's coming out of relationship and coming out of a place of, have you ever laid in bed at night and meditated on the laws of the Lord? Let me tell you, if you're looking at it from a negative, a negative, a negative example of what God expects of us, if you're looking at it from the, the negative lens. There's no way you're going to stay up at night meditating on God's law. There's no way you're going to say, oh, your law is so good to me. There's no way you're going to say, oh, it's like honey on my lips. There's no way you're going to say it's more precious to me than anything else. If you're looking at it from the, the uh, look what it says. Isaiah 58. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day. If you call the Sabbath a delight, a delight, and the Lord's holy day honorable, if you honor it by going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find joy, your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride in triumph of the heights of the land and a feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Think about that. Think about the, the, the words in that for just a moment. Just, just look at it. Delight, joy, honor. Look at it. If you're looking at the law from fear or a negative lens, you're not going to ever see that. God says the law leads to life. It leads to depth. It leads to beauty, fulfillment, meaning, significance, purpose, hope. It leads to joy. It leads to his glory. It leads to all those things. It leads to something awesome. So we go back to go back to Mark here for a sec. 
we, we see that these Pharisees were experts in the law and actually started using the law and the law actually became, instead of a means to an end and a means to point to Jesus and a means to point to their, a relationship with a father and a means to point to relationship with one another, they started uh, taking the, the Sabbath and taking the law and taking rules and making it so stringent and so... Uh, and uh, just look what he says. Again, he entered the synagogue and man was there with a withered hand. And he watched Jesus to see that whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that he might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, come here. And he said to them, is it, lawful, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to harm, to save a life or to kill? But they were silent. You see what it says next? He looked at them with anger. He looked around at them with anger, grieved by their hardness of heart, and said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched out his hand, and it was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with Herodians against him, how they may destroy him. When we use the law as the standard, and we got to live by this, and we have to do these rules and these do's and don'ts, we lose sight of what it's really all about. We lose sight of, it wasn't made, f- it was made for our benefit. We lose sight of what it's really all about. And these Pharisees were experts in the law and lost sight of what it was really all about. So much so that there's a man with a withered hand in the temple and Jesus is angry with them. He's annoyed at their hardness of heart. They forgot what it's really all about. No compassion. Because you want to live these rules and these do's and don'ts and and you start putting them on other people. And we start putting stuff on other people. Isaiah 43, but now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, who have formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. This is God saying he's the, the sustainer and creator. And the, look what it says. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not over, overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as your ransom, and Cush and Seba as your exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up. To the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. And we call any, everyone who's called by my name, who I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. So it talks about in the beginning of this, the, the, he's the, the creator and the sustainer of life, and he, this is who he is. And then it talks about in the end, what is our purpose in that? What, is, what did he create us for? What did he create us for? Everyone who's called by my name, who I created for my glory. You're created for the glory of God. You're created 
to represent and express the glory of God to, to the people around you. You're, you're created and made in the image of God. But we're broken images. Right? We're broken. We're cracked image bearers. God said, I want, going back to the garden once again, he said, I want, want you to uh, create art. I want you to build cities. I want you to start businesses. I want you to plant crops. I want you to get married. I want you to have children. I want you to have grandchildren. I want you to live. I want you to laugh. I want you to celebrate. I want you to dance. I want you to enjoy life. I want you to, woo, celebrate. I want you to do that. That's, that's your, your mandate. You bring glory to me. You bring Express the glory of God. Because we're cracked and broken, we we lose sight of what it's really all about. Because we're cracked and broken, sin. Sin. Fractures the mandate. Instead of, wow, look at God's creation. It's like a Bob Ross painting. Oh my goodness. Instead of like, oh man, eat this good food. Oh, it's so good. Oh, thank you for taste buds. God, you're so awesome. You know what we do? We take the created thing and make that the God. We take the created thing and make that the idol. We take the created thing and make that what it's all about. If you look at uh, Romans 1, it talks about Jesus actually giving people over to their selfish ambitions and desires. So it talks about the passive wrath of God. In other words, you, you want what I've created and what I've made and you start worshiping that thing. Go ahead and have that for a while and see how it works for you. Go ahead and have that. And we won't, when we don't take a step back and be in the Sabbath rest and be in the of reevaluating and re... Those things become idols, those things become gods, those things become right? Those things become it. Instead of pointing to something else. Instead of pointing to the beauty of Jesus. Instead of pointing to, we look at the snow and like, ugh! It's October! Ugh! Can't even look! It's supposed to be 60 on Thursday, Okay? So if I'm a broken image bearer and I'm interacting with other people that are broken image bearers, when they act out of a place of hurt or fear or brokenness or anger, what should my response back be? See, when we live in a place where we're not, uh, when we're not taking a step back and reevaluating things and we're not looking at God and looking at the creator and looking at how awesome he is and not bringing glory and honor to him, when we're not taking a step back and looking at that, people become commodities. People become, hey, you meet my needs, that's it. You can go and go out to a restaurant and the, the, the waitress is having a bad day. She's clearly a broken image bearer. She's having a terrible day. She's grumpy. She's crabby. She's. If I'm not taking a step back and 
looking at she's respond you're going to respond out of your own brokenness and you're going to say hey bring me my stuff now you didn't do a good enough job taking care of me and my family what if God wants to use you to bring wholeness to that person life has a way of, of getting crazy busy at times we go from place to place and thing to thing and event to event and stuff to stuff and let me drop my kids here and there and uh, let's anybody anybody can relate okay nobody all right uh, <clears throat> when we are living in a life that's thing to thing event to event uh, it could even be it could even be uh, uh, putting out fires and trying to make sure things aren't... And when we live life that way, we, we forget what it's really all about. You ever seen somebody who's... You're in conversation with them, but they're totally checked out? Hey, I'm going on a youth retreat with 40 kids next next week. I'm, I tell you, there's going to be times where kids are checked out. You're having a conversation with them, you're talking to them, but they're somewhere else. Uh, and part of that comes from... Uh, we're not living where we're at because we're always plugged in. We're not living where we're at because we're always checking our phone. Ooh. We're not living where we're at because we're, we're always connected to something else. We're, we're not living where we're at because we're always... We need to take a step back. Disconnect. Understand the world doesn't revolve around you and everybody's need for you. We're always wired in. We're never where we are. <clears throat> you understand that lady that's crabby at you and not giving you your food fast enough? You understand she has a soul? You understand she's hurt, broken? You understand she has a story? You understand she's... If we don't ever take a step back and reevaluate our own life and take a step back and take a breath, we're never going to see that. Never going to see that. We sang a song this morning that says, you give and take away, you give and take away. My heart will choose to say, blessed be your name. Guess what? Your heart's never going to say, blessed be your name. If you don't take a step back and look at God. If you don't take a step back and reconnect with him. If you don't take a step back because what's going to happen is you give and take away, your perspective is going to be screwed up. Yeah. Yes. And you're not going to say, you're not, your heart is not going to choose to say, blessed be your name. You know what your heart is going to choose to say? God, I'm offended. I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm broken. I'm whatever it is. That's what your heart is going to choose to do. Your heart is not going to choose to say, God, I, I don't know the big picture. I don't know what's going on. I don't know, I understand everything, but God, blessed be your name. You ever, you ever snap at your kids for something totally stupid? Now let's talk real for a moment. When I'm not living in a place of rest and living in a place of Sabbath, I snap at my kids for the dumbest things. I'm, I'm trying to watch this football game. Ah! Stop having fun. Stop being so noisy. Stop, stop enjoying each other. Ah! 
It never happens to any of you, right? They only interrupt you when you're reading your Bible and praying. Right? Come on. I notice when I snap at my kids for stupid stuff, meaningless stuff, it's probably time I needed some rest. Probably needed some time to take a step back and reconnect with my father. When we Sabbath, it changes our perspective. It changes how we see God. It changes how we relate to him. It changes how we relate to each other. And it changes how we see ourselves. We go from doing, doing, doing to just be. We get to be. We get stuck in the mode of doing, 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 accomplishing, 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 doing more. Busy, busy, busy. Take a step back and just be. Now, when we talk about Sabbath, it's kind of hard hard to define for each person individually because each of you are going to Sabbath differently. Each of us are going to Sabbath differently, right? Right? And we can't define it like, but here's just a a list of some things that I, I came up with. So go for a walk. To go for a walk. Listen, listen, the heart behind Sabbath is to go for a walk, not to count calories. I'm telling you, go for a walk to enjoy God's creation. Go for a walk to enjoy him. Go for a walk to look at the, the, the beautiful snow. Look, go for a walk to... I'm telling you, look, God could have, God could have just like the fall leaves, the fall leaves go from green, beautiful green to just brown and dead. But somehow, some reason, he takes it and makes these beautiful colors. Like, see that beautiful color? Come on. Like, God, why? Drink good coffee. Eat some yummy food. Grill with somebody else. Invite somebody over. Go to the apple orchard. We love it. Love the apple orchard. Have a bonfire. Anybody like bonfires? Yes. Play with your kids. Enjoy your kids. Don't be annoyed at them. Sabbath is a day to enjoy your kids. Sabbath is a day to connect with your kids. Sabbath is a day to connect with your wife. Sabbath is a day to go, hey, let's read a book. Let's read a book. Let's listen to music. Let's get lost. My wife loves that one. Let's just drive and go somewhere. I don't know where we're going. Let's just drive for the fun of it. She hates it. I'm like, this is awesome. Oh, okay. She's, she's calmed down a little. No. I, I love getting lost. I love finding new places, finding new things. Just drive for the heck of it. Yesterday I was driving just all over the place. Wow, God, you're awesome. So beautiful. Being available to 24-7, everyone, every time, all the time is dangerous and it's extremely unhealthy. Being available to everyone 24-7, all the time, all day, every day is extremely unhealthy and is dangerous yeah. 
So the thing about Sabbath, God wants us to work and live out of a place of rest, right? Sorry, running out of time. Andy, come on up, buddy. Uh, worship team. <clears throat> well, just a couple of last scriptures. So whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. You're made for reflecting his glory. Uh, Colossians 2, Therefore don't let any, anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or the regard to your religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. Listen to what it says. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. The reality of the Sabbath is found in Christ. Hello? Yes. Hebrews, Hebrews 4 talks about entering Sabbath rest, entering his Sabbath, his Sabbath rest. It's talking about salvation. It's talking about the, the Sabbath is a foreshadow of something else that was to come. A foreshadowing of the cross. It's a foreshadowing of what? There's nothing you can do to earn salvation. He did it all. He's the one that did it all. He's the one that paid the price. You just have to sit back and trust. Put your trust in him. Put your hope, your faith, and trust in him. It's a shadow of the gospel. There's nothing you did, nothing you can do to earn salvation. It's not what you do, it's what he did. It's not earned. Hebrews, uh, in Romans chapter 8, it talks about what the law could not do. He did. What the law could not do, he did. What the law was incapable of doing. Sabbath, like we're talking about the, 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 the ten words, Sabbath puts the rest of the things in perspective. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not have idols. You shall not use my name in vain. When you take Sabbath and you step back and re-energize re and re-engage and re God, I'm connecting with you and I'm seeing you in a new light and I'm seeing your beauty and I'm seeing who you are. We take a step back. All of a sudden, you see his name in a different way. All of a sudden, you're, you're seeing his name in, God, I don't want to use your name in vain. God, I don't want to just use idle words. God, I don't, don't want to put other things ahead of you and before you. You think that us not being able to take Sabbath and take rest and being able to step back is actually something else going on in our heart. Last thing I want to say, this was not a suggestion. It wasn't a suggestion. All right, so for, for, uh, just make it super practical for some of us need to be asked the question, when when are you going to Sabbath? And it, uh, let's be honest, a lot of us do a terrible job at this. When are you going to do it? Put it on your calendar. Put it. I'm going to not work. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God to meet our needs. I'm going to trust God to provide for us. I'm going to trust God that 
when I live out of a place of rest and I live out of a place of, you know, he's, got, he's got my back and he's got abundance and he's got... Now watch, you put it on your calendar, you put your phone away, you connect with the Lord, you connect with your kids, you connect with your wife, you connect with... You enjoy life, you enjoy his beauty, you enjoy creation. Watch how the rest of the stuff is going to try and pull at you. Watch how everything else is going to pull for your attention. Watch how things are going to try to... Hey, you're unplugged right now. Start having withdrawals. the question just in, in wrapping it up what are you going to do about this and I can tell you I'm just as convicted as the rest of you I was sitting in my car yesterday trying to prepare and study I just felt like the Holy Spirit saying the rest is for your benefit come come be with me come spend time with me come look at my beauty of my creation. Come look at come look come look how beautiful I am. Come look what I've done. (laughs) There remains then a Sabbath rest for people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest from their work just as God did from his. Enters in for anyone who enters God's rest also rests from it, from their works just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. Make every effort to enter rest. Make every effort to enter rest. What does that look like for you? I tell you, like, there's so many diagnostics we could do, so many things. Like, when was the last time you drove the speed limit? I'm telling you, we have to fight to enter his rest. We have to fight to Sabbath. We have to fight to be there. And he's doing it for our good and our benefit. He's doing it because he loves us. He's doing it because he wants to show us more of himself. He's doing it because he wants to show you, oh, look, God's world is like a Bob Ross painting. He wants to show you his beauty. We're going we're gonna, to uh, sing a song and respond to this. We're going to respond to God's... Go ahead and stand with me if you would. Let's, let's respond.